Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the SF Young Professionals Book Club podcast. This time, the book we're discussing is Capital in the 21st Century by Thomas Piketty. So this was a pretty tricky book to discuss at book club, mostly because it's about economics and economics is really politics. And obviously, people are going to have very different opinions on how politics affects their money, especially depending on where you stand in society and on the kind of socioeconomic spectrum. The other reason this book is difficult to discuss is because it is 600 pages long. And so most of the people who came to the meeting actually had not finished reading the book. So we were basically talking a lot just about our feelings and impressions about the issue of economic equality and not always talking about um, the details of Piketty's book. So I've organized this podcast into five main sections. The first section will discuss every member's first impressions of the book. In the second section, we'll talk about the issue of tech startups giving stock options to their employees. In the third section, we'll talk about the practice of wealthy individuals in the U.S. setting up charitable foundations and getting tax benefits for it. And in the fifth section, our members answer this question. Are you bothered by economic inequality, or do you just accept it as a natural part of capitalism? So if you're interested in any of these topics, please listen on. Okay, so topic number one, first impressions. Some of us were impressed by the fact that this was the first economics book we had read that was actually data-driven. Because most books written by economists usually give just anecdotal evidence or you know observations of society. Um, another member noted that this book seemed to be halfway between a, a dry academic paper and a regular nonfiction book. And it's difficult to read this book via audiobook, which I would wholeheartedly agree with. Um, Another of our members, who is an economics PhD student, says that the co-author of Piketty's papers for the past 15 years is actually a professor at Berkeley, and he's probably kicking himself for not co-authoring this book with Piketty because this book is such a huge bestseller. Um, for me, being an avid reader, obviously I love the fact that Piketty makes many literary references to Balzac and Jane Austen and lots of other 19th century writers. So our second issue is on the topic of stock options being included as part of a total compensation package. So it, this is a you know this is close to the hearts of many people in the Bay Area because this is a common practice among startups and tech startups. So one of our members is an engineer at a tech company, and five four or five years ago he signed this contract and was given this X amount of stock options, and he did not know you know, he was taking a risk. He did not know how much they be, would be worth at the end of four or five years. And so it turns out that now they're actually worth a lot of money. Um, but he feels that since he was taking a risk and he did not, you know, they could have been worth nothing at the end of the four to five years. So he feels that um, he should not be taxed as much on those stock options because it was taking a gamble, right? And so he, they essentially, I think they should be considered as part of income from labor. And I think he feels that income from labor should be taxed at a lower rate than income from capital because income from capital is like those wealthy people who are just kind of sitting on their money and passively investing them and they're working less hard, right? So they should be taxed more on the benefits from their wealth. So other members of our book club felt that 
yes, you are taking a risk by taking on these stock options instead of maybe extra money for compensation. But the risk is inherent in the nature of investing capital. And so stock options should definitely be considered as income from capital and be taxed at the same rate. Um, also, just the issue of whether income from labor and income from capital should be taxed at different rates is kind of covered by Piketty. If you look at pages 500 to 501 in the hardcover version of the book, he says that in Britain in 1842, they introduced this uh, categorical tax, which meant that income was divided into four categories, income from land rents versus income from interest versus profits versus wages. And they were all taxed at slightly different rates, somewhere between five to 10%. And what Piketty says, I think, is just that these differences are totally arbitrary and they should just be simplified. And like the way people are taxed on income now, they're all taxed at the same rate. That's just good enough. So I'll leave it to the listener to decide how you feel on this topic of stock options. So we'll move on to topic number three, which is about charity and tax breaks. So one of our members, who is French, says that it's actually much more common for wealthy individuals in the U.S. to set up charitable foundations and make donations and stuff and get to you know put their names on it. For example, the Mark Benioff Children's Hospital and the Bill Gates Foundation. So they look noble while at the same time receiving huge tax breaks and saving lots of money. And he says that compared to in Europe, this is actually much harder for rich people to get away with. So it's a bad thing. Um, But at the same time, you know, the French government and and European governments are looking for other for ways to actually encourage rich people to donate more and do more charitable giving. So perhaps it actually is a good thing that lots of charitable work is being done because of these tax breaks. So what do you think? Do you think that the U.S. tax system is good for society as a whole? So in topic number four, we discuss Piketty's solutions to this problem of global wealth inequality. Um, There are two parts. The first part is to achieve global financial transparency. And the second part is then um, to enact this global tax on wealth. So we spent most of the time discussing the first part because global financial transparency is one of those things that everyone says they're all for it, but it just seems impossible to actually coordinate. Right. So we were just saying that it's hard enough to get a consensus even within the eurozone, especially now that Brexit just happened. And the the member of our group who's French actually seemed very optimistic about the U.S. leading the charge to pressure these tax haven countries into releasing their financial records. So, I mean, politically, it's just difficult. Um, Piketty describes why in the book and another reason that our Uh, members came up with is that these tax shelter countries tend to be smaller countries like Switzerland, Panama, the Virgin Islands. And it just doesn't look great to have a a big country like the U.S. kind of look like they're bullying these smaller countries. And unfortunately, without this financial transparency, it's pretty much impossible to have a meaningful tax on capital that won't just be evaded by every rich person. Which leads us into our fifth and final question. Um, Are you bothered by income inequality, like watching wealthy people like Donald Trump or the people in crazy rich Asians or, you know, the Middle Eastern oil shakes 
spend their money extravagantly? Or do you just accept it as a consequence of capitalism? So many members of our book club said that they're not really bothered by the fact that lots of people are far wealthier than us. Um, as long as you know we have enough to live our lives and to be able to buy a house, then we just try not to think about it. You know, we're not going to be envious of other people. But some people did add that we're bothered by it from the point of view of the people who don't have enough. Like you know, we are doing okay, but. In San Francisco, especially, you know, you see lots of homeless and low-income people everywhere. Whereas you know that lots of people are have some of the highest incomes in the country. One of our American members is also bothered because she works at a nonprofit helping the underprivileged. Unfortunately, she thinks that taxing the rich is really not the answer because she doesn't trust the government to do the right thing with the money. She says that she was having a discussion with a British friend and an Australian friend. Who both say that they had lots of faith in their own governments to invest their money in education and health for their citizens. So she finds it really sad that as an American, she's so cynical about the government. But Arf, another member, points out that Britain and Australia have equally inept governments. Actually, they just don't need to spend on healthcare and military and things like that because the U.S. is spending so much money in those areas. For example, because the U.S. is advancing pharmaceutical technology and because the U.S. is curbing Russia and China, that's why other countries can benefit from these advances without having to spend their own money. But going back to the majority who are not bothered by inequality, I was just thinking that the fact that we are unconcerned about inequality is probably why this book is important, because Piketty, I think, he's trying to incite us into action because inequality is growing worse every year, and if we do nothing about it now, then a hundred years from now, maybe ninety percent of us might not be able to afford a house. So I hope that you found this discussion and this book some really good food for thought, and I hope to see you at the next book club. Bye.